Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 91 of In the Middle of It, the podcast where parents and teachers can find ideas, strategies, and resources for connecting with teens. Hey there, I'm Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and I am so excited that you're with me today. Now, it is already August, which I cannot even believe, and school is so close, we can taste it, and everybody that I know is prepping for that, and I'm sure you might be too, whether you're a teacher or a parent, because this school year is going to look so different for pretty much all of us. So I've been thinking about how different it's going to look and what that's going to be like for teachers and students. And one of the things that just keeps coming up over and over as I talk to people or as I watch and listen to the news, uncertainty, overwhelm, and fear seem to be the defaults. And I'm pointing it out because It's an energy that we all have, regardless of what we're saying or not saying. And with our energy, we project that to the people around us. And when you're a parent and when you're a teacher, that matters, right? Because you are either going to escalate a situation or calm it down because you are the emotional regulator with your kids or with your classroom. So my question for you is this. When is your energy certain and calm and confident? And that is something that I want to explore with you guys over several upcoming episodes of In the Middle of It. And so today, what I want to talk about are kind of the externals of that. How can you set up your ecosystem, basically all the things around you, all your systems, your environment, how can you set those up? so that you are supporting yourself so that it's easier to be certain and calm and confident and have that kind of energy. Because for me, I know when I've set up my ecosystem that way, when I kind of have everything around me kind of situated the way that I need and and that supports me, I am much more likely to have that calm energy that will then set the tone for my students and for my teens. So I use the word ecosystem because environment isn't really expansive enough to cover what I'm talking about because your environment is your external, your systems are external, um, and they all kind of play together in order to create, again, your, your ecosystem. So I hope you're with me on that. All right, so as a teacher, because I am going to focus and hone in on specifically middle school teachers right now, how you organize your environment is going to be the very first thing that you want to look at when you are setting up your ecosystem. Now, this is going to look really different for everyone, because for me, and you guys know I'm ish, I know where everything is in my piles, even right now on my desk huge piles of things, but I can tell you what's in each pile and I can put my hands on whatever piece of paper I need to because I know where it is. Now, for someone else, I've taught with people and I've worked with people who they have to have their desk cleared at the end of the day for them to feel comfortable. So I point that out to say everyone's ecosystem is going to be different. And that is a great thing because as kids experience different teachers, they're going to find ones who they resonate with and ones that they don't resonate with in terms of style and things like that. So 
having a wide variety of what life can look like as an adult is a super huge benefit, I think, for kids. Okay, so organizing your environment would look like your seating arrangements, what your um, what you have up on your walls, whether that's a decor or purely functional things or quotes or, or whatever you want to have. How have you organized your supplies? How have you organized the physical spots in your classroom where students will turn things in. Now on the flip side, because again, many of you, if not all of you, are not only going to have physical classrooms where you're face to face with your students, you're also going to have virtual classrooms. So within whatever platform you're using, how have you set that up to create an ecosystem for yourself. So I know that I've seen, as I've followed various social media things, um, I know I've seen different templates and things like that where teachers are able to edit them every day to show like what homework is due and what the focus is and what the question of the day is. The same kinds of things that you would possibly put on your whiteboard that would go into a spot in the platforms that you're using for your virtual students. So all of that works together to create that external environment. Now, the other thing that I would suggest doing when you're creating your ecosystem is to really nail down your expectations and create those ahead of time. And that might look like things such as behavior expectations for the kids, um, what your expectations are for homework and, you know, all the classroom rules, procedures, and things along those lines. Um, it might include things like positive and negative consequences in your behavior management system. It might be something like setting up classroom jobs for students and really defining what those jobs are and how you're going to rotate them and choose students and you know, are they going to have to apply for a job in your classroom or those kinds of things, whether it's a timekeeper or passing out papers or an attendance person. And I just want to throw in here that um, involving your students in your classroom can really help create connection and buy-in. And I know things, again, are going to look different for most of you because of the virtual classrooms that you're going to be running. But I would say even in that environment, if you can find ways to pull them in and have it be more interactive and have them be involved, um, that's going to be a really great thing. So having them be a timekeeper if you are doing live instruction, or maybe it's having the one person gather up any questions that students have typed into a chat box or something like that and feed those to you and keep those organized. Um, maybe through like a Google spreadsheet or something along those lines. Whatever ways you can find to involve your students are going to be super helpful, again, in creating community and creating connection. And the next thing that I would say as far as really creating that external ecosystem that you have is to decide on your systems. How are your kids going to turn in work? How are you going to return work? How are you going to grade? Um, what's your schedule going to look like for those things? How are you going to respond to your school's internal expectations, like all the paperwork that you might have with your administration or any administrative clerical type things? How are you going to manage your paperwork or your files? Do you have a system for that? All of those things, if you can have in place before school starts, are really going to go a long way with helping you have that calm 
certain energy, right? Because you know where everything is, you have a plan, and that calm, again, is going to translate to your students. Because I guarantee that our kids are just as uncertain and feeling a little wobbly, I guess is the best way for me to to explain it, um, as they're walking in or logging into your classrooms this fall. So whatever we can do to say, hey, we've got a plan, we've got you guys, it's going to look different because this year is different and crazy, but we're okay with that. We're going to be okay and we can even look at this as an opportunity. Okay. All right. The next thing and the last thing that I would say as far as creating your ecosystem is to, again, construct a schedule. Um, One of the sayings that I would always put on my wall as a teacher is if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So really nailing down your uh, time frame for I'm going to spend this amount of time in instruction, I'm going to spend this amount of time planning, I'm going to spend this amount of time grading and and putting it on your calendar and really being specific with things. Because guys, I know that when you're working from home, or when it's this large animal that we've got going on, where where many of you are doing both virtual and in-person classrooms, or you're doing some kind of synchronous instruction, it's a lot, right? It's it's like you guys have two jobs. And I think the danger is that you're working 24-7, and that can't happen this fall. Last spring, I know so many teachers, I mean, worked themselves to the bone because not only were you, you know, shifting your method and your modality of teaching, but you are also learning all kinds of new things yourself, like new platforms and new technology and all the things. So and adapting your instruction for a virtual environment. So again, setting yourself up so that you have a firm schedule, you stick to it as much as you possibly can. Now, I know there are probably some of you out there going, oh my gosh, does she have any idea? And I do. I do know and I do understand. But at the end of the day, you can always do more. Like it's never going to be quote unquote finished. So I just strongly, strongly encourage you guys to have grace with yourselves and take breaks and cut yourself off as far as, you know, how late you work into the night and how long your work day is. Because truthfully, many of you, I know in many states, um, state testing has been suspended. So the stakes as far as that is concerned are not as high. And I'm certainly, certainly not advocating that anyone slack off. What I'm advocating is good self-care so that you can continue to show up as your best self throughout the school year, right? Throughout the school year. So a couple of ways you might think about doing that is gamifying things. Like I know I had a friend that I taught with who she would grade five papers and eat a gummy bear and grade five papers and eat a gummy bear. So, you know, which I thought was hysterical. But that idea of rewarding yourself and stopping and taking a little break as you accomplish things, um, I, I think that, that that there's huge value in that. And again, when you've created your schedule, work really hard to stick to it. One of the most profound things that I have learned within the past couple of years is that confidence 
is built by keeping your word to yourself. So if you can follow through with yourself, with the things that you've promised yourself you're going to do, with the schedule that you've created, with the decisions that you've made, if you can follow through for yourself, that builds confidence. So I would just, again, encourage you to stick to whatever you have planned. Now, I would also say that the more you practice doing this, the more automated it's going to become. So creating that schedule, sticking to it, even when it is maybe a little excruciating or you feel like you still have 15 things to do, just making yourself stop making a different plan maybe for the next day and saying, you know what, I'm going to get up maybe a little bit earlier, or I'm going to cut this out of the instruction because it's, it's superfluous, you know, however you want to do it. Showing up for yourself is just super important. Okay, just to kind of recap, we've talked about your environment, the expectations that you're going to set, the systems that you're going to create, and the schedule that you're going to nail down. And if you can set yourself up in each of those areas, your ecosystem there, you're going to show up with your students confident, ready to roll. And with that energy, like we talked about at the beginning, where you're certain and you're calm and you're confident. And that will translate to your kids and they will know that you've got them and they can relax and lean into the learning. Okay, a couple of last words of advice regarding this ecosystem. One, you need to give yourself some grace and some time to create this. It's going to take time and careful thought, especially if you are a new educator. So keep that in mind. You're not going to nail this down straight out of the gate. So that's the first thing. The second thing is reach out for help whether it's with your colleagues or on Facebook groups that are your same grade and subject level related and focused. Seriously, you are not an island and you don't have to recreate the wheel. That's the other thing that I was going to share here. So many creative, generous teachers are out there willing to share their knowledge, their information, some of the materials. So don't recreate the wheel. If, If you are looking to try to achieve or do something, Take a look and see what other teachers are doing out there. I promise you that there are lots of resources where you can find those things. In fact, if you'd like to head to my Facebook page, which is just The Ish Girl, I will post some links there to some of the grade and subject level Facebook groups that I follow and am part of. So I'll, do, I'll put those there and I'll also put them in the In the Middle of It Facebook group. So you can check those out there. And I just wanted to remind you guys that I do have a really great resource as you start this school year. It's called Start Strong in the Middle. And you can find that for on the show notes for this episode, which are at theishgirl.com forward slash nine one. You can find that there. And it's just a checklist of things to think about as you start the school year, as you start to prep for your classrooms. And it's one that I put out last year, but I do want to say I've updated it with some resources and a checklist for creating and starting your virtual classroom. So again, I would highly recommend and encourage you to get that. And then the other thing is, 
In a previous episode with my good friend, Dr. Susan Densmore-James, she mentioned a resource that I had used in my classroom when we taught together called Take a Chance. And I also have revamped that a little bit. And there is a link to that on the show notes as well, if you want to take a look at that. And it's just a resource that gives students the opportunity to take a project or an assignment that you've given them and come up with an alternative way to demonstrate their learning where it puts all the onus on them. So that's something that you might want to check out too. All right. Again, thank you guys so much for hanging out today. I am just so excited for you guys for this school year. I know that it probably feels a little bit daunting, but for me, especially with my son going away to school, I'm really trying to shift my mindset to one of gratitude. And instead of thinking things like, oh, I only have X number of days left with him here at home, I'm trying to shift it to that mindset of, of I get these last few days with him. So just little shifts in your mindset like that are also going to change your energy. And I just wanted to share that. Okay, from an ish girl who is so excited that it's August, because in my family, we have two birthdays and an anniversary and all of the glory of the starting school stuff in this month. I am so grateful to be in the middle of it together. 